If it's not easy, people aren't going to use it. Oh, absolutely not. There's not enough time in the day to do something that's not easy and um, quick to pick up on. This episode is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, an audit analytics service provider that works with internal audit departments that have data analysts and are still frustrated with trying to make analytics actually work, aren't getting the expected ROI, who can't break through the communication barrier between the analysts and the audit team, and those that need experienced direction for an audit analytics strategy and process. Those that feel like they've wasted time and money on trainings, aren't getting the value they want, not prioritizing the highest risk areas for the organizations, or have projects that seemingly never get completed. Do you deal with any of that? If you do, go to the show notes of this episode and click the Green Skies Analytics link or go to greenskiesanalytics.com to schedule a call and understand how Green Skies Analytics makes analytics actually work for internal audit. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Audit Podcast. I am your host, except for today, Trent Russell. Today, we have Clarissa Lucas on the show, except she's not the guest, she is the host. Those of you who recall, Clarissa was on the show as a guest. Last year, we featured her book, Beyond Agile Auditing. Um, she has herself launched a, a new-ish podcast called Controlled Freaks, for those that are listening to the audio uh, and not watching this on YouTube. It is Controlled, C-T-R-L, Freaks with a P-H-P-H-R-E-A-K-S. Um, so you can check out Clarissa's profile on LinkedIn where you can see that she is also the SVP of internal audit at Citibank where oh, this was super cool she is implementing auditing with agility throughout the internal audit department those that don't know Citibank is huge I don't know the exact number I think it's somewhere north of like 2,000 auditors though so really really cool the work that she's doing anyway given Clarissa's now expertise in interviewing and podcasts. We thought it'd be a cool idea to have Clarissa interview me, mainly for selfish reasons, because a lot of times I give the mic over to the guest and I'm like, man, I kind of want to speak to this a lot too, but I like to let the guest do most of the speaking and allow myself just to ask the question so that you guys don't really have to hear as much from me and you can hear from experts in that given area. So with that said, here is the audit podcast with your host, Larissa Lucas, featuring Trent Russell, the kind of host. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Audit Podcast. I'm Clarissa Lucas, audit leader, author, and today's host of the Audit Podcast. I have a real treat for all of you today uh, as we're going to switch some things up. You're probably thinking, what is going on? Uh, today's guest is the one and only Trent Russell. He's the brains behind Green Skies Analytics and is normally your host of the Audit Podcast, but today we are turning the tables and putting the spotlight on him. Trent, welcome to the Audit Podcast. I feel like I need to do an intro, but it would be weird to do so. Uh, for those who don't know me, I think you should me, do it. If somebody's just tuning in, I'm usually on the other side asking the questions, but um, Clarissa has recently launched her own podcast, Control Freaks, Freaks with a ph um and so in doing that we thought hey what if we kind of switch the tables and i was on the other side and clarissa was doing the interview so that's where we are today for those who are tired of hearing me even just ask questions on the audit podcast and i'm sure you're like i don't want to hear any more from you probably go ahead and bow out no but you're not going to be asking all the questions today this time i, I get to ask the questions i know this now is... they have to hear more from me though no they get to hear more from you uh, they get to hear more from you all right we'll take that 
So Trent, last year was a crazy busy year for you. Um, just to name a couple of things, you published nearly 50 episodes for the Audit Podcast, which as you mentioned, um, I'm co-hosting a, a podcast and I truly am getting a lot of empathy now of what it goes through just to publish a single episode. So you published nearly 50 episodes last year. Um, you hosted the Audit Analytics Conference and I got to attend that as well and it was incredible. You served as the MC for the ISACA and IAA GRC conference. I also got to attend that too. Um, I'm not stalking you. We just <laughs> end up at the same places at the it same time, like I guess. Yeah. Um, but in all of those, and that's just a couple of the couple of the things that you accomplished. But in all of those, not surprisingly, analytics and AI were really, really popular topics. So I want to start off by asking you, um, can you share with the listeners the top three to five things you learned in 2023? Yeah, relative to analytics and AI, probably what... I say, I'm going to leave that broad and you can you can answer that however you want. Okay, uh, let's stick to that then. I know that pretty well. Perfect. Um, storytelling with data is a topic that people are probably going to start to hear more and more about. It's been around for a little while amongst the data community, but as things tend to go in the data community, they start there because it's obviously data-driven, and then it makes its way over into audit and makes its way into uh, marketing and sales and everywhere else. And so storytelling with data is basically, yeah, we've gotten the data, which is always a pain. We've done the analysis, which can be a pain. Now what? Like we need to communicate those results and I know when I had first gotten into analytics, I would do everything, put it in a spreadsheet, email it and go, that was awesome. I did a really good job on that. <laughs> and inevitably the auditors on the other side, I'd talk to them like, we didn't know what that was. We didn't even use it. Um, and so being able to basically take the results of your analysis and go, this is why it actually matters. This is what we saw. And being able to do that in a visual format, especially, um, is something that really makes the overall difference in an effective analytic, if we put it that way. And so that's something that, again, it's been around for a while, but it's starting to creep into other aspects of the business world. So we started to see that a little bit more. It's uh, an area of focus for us at Green Skies for 2024 and working with specifically with audit committee materials to really help CAEs tell the story they need to tell to the audit committee, what the audit committee needs to know as well as what they want to get from the audit committee. So if you need uh, to hire someone rather than a bullet point, we need an FTE, the data behind it, put it in a visualization that tells the story um, to help really get what they need for their uh, vision of the audit department. So we've started to see, again, more of that make its way Is into that... internal audit. So um going to interject with another question but... here. So historically from my experience i've seen the storytelling with data being more of auditors telling that story with data to their clients to the business so are you seeing more of a shift or anticipating more of a shift of that storytelling to the audit committee is that to me what you're seeing? We, we try to and as an agile person you'll probably appreciate this but the idea of ruthlessly prioritizing yes so if the most important thing that or one of the most important things or the most important thing is that communication to the audit committee and to the board if that's it then that's where I want to make sure that we at Green Skies spend more of our time. Um, so that's the push that I'm making. But certainly you are starting to see it more in individual audit reports also, where you start to see those visuals, some kind of uh, graph that that helps tell the story rather than just the text. Um, 
we have seen that. We reviewed one the other day and it did. I mean, you looked at, I skipped over all the text. I went straight to the graphic and I went, yeah, okay. So that went up and that went down. Sweet. All right. And, yeah, and that, you knew yeah. just write yeah. that and you knew yeah. everything you needed to know. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that, yeah. Um, so that's been, I think that's going to be really big and hopefully continues to become a larger part of internal audit. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the bigger things. The other one just being the ease of using AI. Like I think a lot of people still maybe conceptually, they hear AI and algorithms and go, that's too complicated for me. I barely know how to use Outlook, you know, or, or Gmail or something like that. But if you just open chat GPT, whether that's on your phone or your personal laptop, if it's blocked at work and just start using it instead of Google, you will quickly realize how easy it is to use the AI tools. Yeah. Historically, AI was really hard because a lot of you had to develop your own for the most part. And then that, which is crazy difficult. And that's then, the crazy difficult part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's easy or easier now, but still actually using ChatGPT is insanely easy. You literally just talk to it um, yeah. and ask it questions. So the ease of AI and um, how much it made its way into our lives and the business world was definitely something learned from 2023. And then similarly was just the use of analytics tools in general being easier. Okay. Getting away from having to know how to write code and getting more towards workflow, drag and drop functionality, low code, no code stuff. Um, those are probably the three biggest areas that, that I'm really seeing the change or, or from 2023, that's probably going to keep going into 2024 anyway. Combining, uh, probably the second two points that you just said, one of the things that you had talked about at the audit analytics conference was kind of the, the marrying of analytics and AI together and leveraging AI to help us with our analytics journey too. I, that was one of the things that really stood out to me, uh, in that, that I thought was just so cool. Yeah, there was a, I forget the functionality. So at that conference, I think I spoke on Wednesday to close out the conference, I think is what it was. And mine was on chat GPT and how to use it to develop your data analytics, you know, a given analytic. And somebody asked a question about a piece of functionality in chat GPT. And I was like, that it's been talked about, but I don't expect it to come out anytime soon, maybe 2024 or something like that. I am not joking. This is like, I'm not making this up for the sake of, the story or anything, the very next day I logged in and there was a, hey, new feature. You can now do this in chat GPT. And what? <laughs> in a day, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, the change of it see, also. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be, the data analytics piece was part of that. Um, so yeah, being able to definitely don't do this with your company's data or sensitive data, but you can now just upload a file into it and say, give me insights and it'll spit out, you know, some graphics top 10, bottom 10, things like that, that aren't crazy difficult to do, but when you just prompt it to do it and don't have to do the work yourself, it's pretty incredible. When you get it in a matter of seconds, as opposed to hours or minutes building yeah. it yourself, that's, yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. So we, you kind of hinted at this a little bit with what you learned in 23, but I'm going to double down on it um, because in a, a recent episode of the audit podcast, it was episode 177 you mentioned that ai is going to be the topic of 2024 uh, and you really emphasize that so can you expand on that a little bit more 
why do you think it's going to be the topic and what can we expect from AI in this year? Uh, as far as what to expect, who knows? What's <laughs> pretty unexpected? <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, it comes back to that story of, hey, on Wednesday, I don't think this is going to happen for a long time. The very next day, it was there. And so I think any kind of predictions on what it's going to look like in 2024, um, I don't know how much attention I'd really pay to those being accurate. I think the predictions on where we are right now, they said should be another 10 years. Like if you look back 20 years ago, they're like, that's not going to happen for 30 years and happen 20 years. So um, really hard to say, but for sure, we're going to start seeing it. And we see it a little bit with Microsoft's co-pilot and it getting embedded into Teams and okay. other Microsoft Office products. But AI being embedded in tools that we have always used and uh, especially in the business world, especially on the productivity side. Um, we'll probably talk about sources later, but there's, and so I can speak to those, but the biggest area that I'm seeing AI in is on the productivity side. So similar to some examples, I guess would be like, um, and it's not great, but it is getting better. You can basically load a page worth of text that you've written out. Hey, I'm right. I'm doing a session on this topic. Here are my notes. You throw it into this tool and it spits out a PowerPoint deck for you. That's pretty incredible. Um, and so there's things like that that are crazy helpful that's going to be on the efficiency side. There's one, I don't, I don't think it's running right now. I have to shut it down sometimes because it's uh, resource intensive, but I've got one that, and I don't do this with our clients because there's sensitive conversations that happen, but it records what we're talking about. Obviously it spits it out into text, which three years ago was like huge to be able right. to do that. And the accuracy. And now it's it. just pretty much foundational. That's, yeah. that's a. <laughs> yeah. I used to have to pay for that. Now it's like, no, we yeah, pretty much everybody does that. But what it does is, and it's really helpful to me, uh, a little box comes up, a screen on the side, very small, a couple of inches. And it tells me when I'm talking too fast, which I feel like I've been doing right now. It tells me if I've been talking too much, which I definitely feel like I've been doing. <laughs> And then it tells me my crutch words. And so one of mine, and I think I've said this on the podcast, is the word like. Like, you know, like I was the other day I was, yeah. And so it'll exactly. say, it'll pop up and be like, like, and it'll turn red and I can look at it and go, okay, I probably need to chill on that. So the, that kind of thing, which I never would have expected that to exist is some of the cool stuff I think you're going to see. And probably some of the headlines that you've seen is around this GPT app store. Uh, this is fairly new the past two to three weeks. So it's the app store, like Apple's app store, but yeah. for chat GPT. So oh. if you want an internal audit chat GPT, someone can build them. We can build, they're super easy to build, but you can basically pull that one into your version of chat GPT and you can start asking it audit related questions. Like it's domain expertise wow. is in audit and you can ask it those questions. So you start to see things like that. Uh, they've had one with PDFs for a while. So I did this with the standards when the new standards came out. And I was like, I'm not reading all this, 100 yeah. and whatever pages. So I pulled it into ChatGPT, and then I just started asking it questions like, what's the what's the new standard say relative to analytics? And it just, you know, would spit it out and kind of answer those questions. So awesome. Um, that's that's where, I, again, I, I think AI is just going to be embedded in so many of our 
everyday type of business activities and just personal activities also. It's hard to say exactly what that could be. And what I'm also kind of reading between the lines as well from what you're saying is just that pace uh, at which those will start getting integrated is just going to continue to accelerate. Um, yeah. I'm still thinking this the story you said of, oh, I don't think that'll be there for a while. Boom, the next day it's yeah. already available. So I think I think we're going to be surprised at the speed at which we integrate these things into our, our lives too. Yep. It's incredible. So we touched on AI uh, and I do want to circle back because I know data and analytics is very near and dear to your heart. Um, where do you see that headed in 2024? We always think about analytics in terms of people, process, and technology. This isn't like a new idea. That was one of the main things I was taught 20 years ago in schools. Like everything's people, process, technology. And so that's how I break things down. So on the people front, I think we're going to start seeing, continue to see more smaller internal audit departments hire full-time data analysts. A lot of people have taken the swing and gone, we want everybody to be data analysts in our internal audit department. And it just doesn't work for everyone. Like, it's just not for everybody. Yeah, um, not everybody's dream to be a data analyst. Yeah, if you ask me, hey, everybody in internal audit, you're gonna be um, pottery experts. There would likely be some people that'd be like, I'm down for that. I would love to do that. If you told me that, I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so out. it's the same. Yeah. So it's that, that weird analogy, but similar. Um, it works. So that's what we're starting to see. It used to be like, hey, you got like 30 people, like a huge, relatively huge audit department um, relative to the average size anyway. You would expect to see those there, but we're starting to see it more with, hey, we've got like eight-ish, 10-ish people maybe an IT person left or we've got an open position, we're going to hire a full-time data analyst now instead of a traditional um, auditor and then coaching them to become audit analytics folks. So that's what I'm expecting to continue. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the tech front, it is, I think, again, more low-code, no-code type tools is what we're seeing and even using chat GPT and other AI tools to make that easier. Um, but I think the days of, hey, let's learn how to script and write code are starting to fade a little bit. Just there's... ask ChatGPT to do that for you, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and there's some base level understanding of code that you, you know, that's really helpful in, when you do that. But it's similar to the analogy I always give is 30 years ago, if you wanted to build a website and you wanted a picture to go in the top left-hand corner, you had to tell it exactly where that was and you had to type that out. Now, if you did that, you would just, all right, let me grab the picture and throw it in the top left-hand corner. And it, you know, that's where it is. And so that's the shift in analytics tools also that we're seeing is instead of having to write each little piece of code, you kind of drag a piece of functionality over there and it, it does a lot of it for you. So overall, the tools are just getting easier to use. Um, More accessibility to mm -hmm. everyone at a broad level, broad um different levels of skills. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting access to run those tools, you know, Hey, we have a given analytic for accounts payable. And so regardless of what area in the business we go to, we should be able to run that analytic and get an understanding of that business unit mm -hmm. from the AP's perspective. And so instead of having the data analyst have to do that every single time, if you create that to where 
the individual auditor can go, all right, let me just get the data, pull it in, push a button. The analyst has already developed everything and it spits out the results. And now I can look at it and go, all right, I get the this business unit or our audible area uh, a little bit better from the AP perspective. Being able to do things like that is going to be really important also. Bringing more data, uh, more data in a more useful format to us so that we can use it more effectively. Yeah, and easily, more easily. Awesome. If it's not easy, people aren't going to use it. Oh, absolutely not. There's not enough time in the day to do something that's not easy and um, quick to pick up on. So then we have, what do we have left? Process? Process. I don't know if this is going to happen, but what I'm hoping happens is, and it's really not even an analytics thing. It's the push for, hey, internal audit, your company has a strategy. Yes. And they have strategic objectives and operational objectives. We should be auditing against those so that the organization can meet those strategic and operational um, objectives. And so if we're doing that part right and we're applying analytics to the highest risk thing relative to the the strategic, strategic objective, and we can boil that down to this control or set of controls or what is the highest risk to meeting that, we're going to run analytics against those controls. That's about all you can do. I mean, that's the best scenario to me. Yeah. And again, that's not, that's really on audit leadership to be able to make that happen. And then audit analytics come in and support um, the testing of those controls. So hopefully on the process side, that's what we start to see, but that's really again up to audit leadership. And that kind of, I mean, ties back to anything that we do as auditors of we should be really looking at what are those those high level corporate objectives and is the organization set up for success in achieving those objectives and are they yeah. doing the things to manage the risks that get that are getting in the, could get in the way of that. Um, and same with as anything that we do, like if that's what our audit purposes and our audit strategy is, then the analytics should be an enabler of us to do that in a even better way. Yeah, exactly. And then with the so part of it is what is our audit strategy to your point and making sure that we've got that uh, aligned with where it should be and the new standards that just came out talk about the requirements around audit strategies which is which is interesting um and then with the people and and technologies being more pervasive or more available uh from a an analytics perspective and even an ai perspective that should enable us to be those business enablers yeah it's all DA, uh, data analytics, and AI, um, which I note on AI, this is probably a dumb question, but I, I'm really good at asking the elementary questions. I'm, I'm an auditor, as we all know. Right. I've heard so many different, not so many different, but I've heard different, um, AI means different things to different people, and not the definition, but like literally the acronym. So when you say AI, are you meaning artificial intelligence, augmented intelligence, Something else, all of the above. Can you just baseline us on that one? Yeah, and it's so academic. I don't differentiate between like it will. It matters to the people that are making the algorithms, and ultimately, it'll matter to the regulators that are going to have to come in and say you can't do this or you should do this. But to me, I just broadly say AI because even within AI, there's so many branches and then sub branches of that. Um, and then you'll have people say, well, machine learning technically is not AI, but it does fall under the AI branch. And I just go, 
I'm not an academic. I don't care. I'm going to call it AI. I need AI. a math to show me this. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, we have one. Like that's when we talk machine learning and AI, I have to pull up the map and go, okay, these are the branches. Um, but I think because largely we know, it, I guess it's kind of like risk. Like we know what risk is and everyone has their kind of academic definition of risk, but you go, yeah, we know what it is. We don't need this formal definition. And so that's been my approach with a lot of things. And maybe that's my too simplistic approach, but what you, whatever folks largely think of as AI is AI. And then the augmented piece and all that, um, that'll get figured out as it gets broken out more and they start to develop them and people see the, like a specific tool similar to like AI. I think AI in general was hard for people to conceptualize. And then chat GPT came out and people started doing it and go, oh, okay, now I get it. And so when like the augmented pieces come out or general comes out, then I think people will go, okay, here's a concrete example. It's not as abstract as it was. I get that. Um, but until then, I'm just going to refer to it as AI. That's fair. I just had to ask that because I hear a lot of different people using it in a lot of different ways. And just so when we say AI here, we're just thinking of it generally and could, could encompass any and all of those regardless of what the scientific academic yeah. definition is. If I was in a room with a bunch of academics, which would likely never happen, they would be like, we're not inviting this guy to, to our uh, super smart room. But in that case, yeah, we would need to be on the same page as far as definitions go. But otherwise, for the sake That's of- That's when you just throw the question out there in that group and then see how they all, uh, that would be an interesting interesting party trick. Uh, if you walked into a room of, of them, just throw one of those interesting questions out there and see what different definitions uh, come out of it. Yeah, you got you fight over it, nerds. <laughs> That's right. You tell yeah. me. Yeah. So we didn't touch on this. Uh, we talked about um, at least seemingly uh, the upsides of all of the opportunities with um, data analytics and AI coming in 2024, and with with the pace of change just accelerating with those. Any insights or thoughts on risks that we should be thinking of? Because, you know, we are auditors and always thinking in terms of risks. Yeah. And well, see, my perspective is I try to think of in terms of opportunity because like every auditors do think, and my background is all audit also, but it's always been risk. And so I kind of go like, there's enough people doing the risk thing. I look for the opportunities, um, but, and to not avoid your question. Uh, there's obviously got to be the privacy risks that even something, someone brought this to my attention. I thought it was really interesting is, and I think a lot of people hopefully know by now with chat GPT, you don't upload your company data. Um, but then I said, like, like, yeah, I get that. Um, but still for those that have it blocked, why is that? And someone was telling a story of they, an auditor, their company was looking to acquire another company. And so if they went in to chat and started asking questions, it could lend itself to ultimately what they were trying to do and acquire this company, which is obviously uh, sensitive information. Um, and if they're using that to build the model, then that might get kicked out in someone else's. And um, so anyway, I thought that was super interesting. I had not thought about it from that way before, but by and large, overall risk for, and I'm saying chat GPT because that's, I think what most people are probably going to use, but. So we can relate to right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any kind of company secret, basically keep it out of there. Um, I mean, the risk is going to be, and there's not a lot you can do about it, but even if it's blocked on your machine, who's to say I can't, you know, I, I've talked to people and they go, it's blocked on there. So I pull up my phone, I put it there and then I put it out there. So 
Um, those types of things, there's not a ton that I feel like we could do about it. Um, education and yeah, or whatever that's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. You also, um, sorry, you're putting me on a bunch of different tangents here and I'm, I'm loving it. So you mentioned, uh, how you, a lot of people, especially auditors think risk all the time. So you tend to try to think about the opportunities and I think that's something, uh, not necessarily data analytics and AI related, but something that we have as auditors need to be cognizant of uh, and probably one of our uh, goals to be should be for the year of not getting lost in all the risks. Yes, we are there to uh, evaluate risks and uh, in relation to the organizational objectives. But when you think about risks, there's not just the downside, it's the upside as well. So what if you miss those opportunities yeah, yeah. and your organization gets left behind because of yep. that? That is a risk. So yeah. Um, thinking of the missed opportunities when we're thinking about risks is also something that we need to be thinking about as well. Yeah, that's why. And I've seen the thought leaders say, because I've asked them the question and CAEs also, are you relative to AI? Are you looking to audit more AI this year or basically invest in it yourself as internal audit more? And the answers vary, but um, that's kind of, to me, that's the, almost the risk versus opportunity. There's an opportunity for us to be better, which then could support the organization better, or do we go support the organization, um, by auditing, um, their use of AI, their, you know, uh, building of machine learning models and things like that. And how do we find the right mix of that and the right balance of yeah. balancing the opportunities and, and the potential downsides? Yeah. Awesome. So I, I want to, um switch over to something a little bit lighter. Uh, but before I do that, before we step away from analytics and AI, uh, since this is something or these are things that are going to be there, I mean, they're not going to be, they are in the forefront of everything that we do, regardless of whether you're an auditor or not. Uh, I, I think profession agnostic, they are, they're here and it's only going to become um more embedded in everything that we do. So where can our listeners go if they need help with either of those topics or want more information? Where would you recommend? Yeah, there's uh, the way I look about if we're talking about learning in general is in like a passive and then an aggressive way of doing it. So passively is like, hey, I'm scrolling through LinkedIn. I see something, I click on it, but that's what somebody's giving me. It's not me going out to find it. So kind of the passive things that I look for, there's a newsletter called Superhuman AI. Superhuman AI. And it's maybe, it's at least weekly, maybe bi-weekly, but it's the latest AI news. Usually it's just like a pair, you know, it's it's not a long newsletter at all. So it's really quick, which is why I like it. Uh, kind of the latest news, maybe what's next, what's coming up. Um, largely it's like, hey, this is what Apple's doing. This is what Facebook's doing, things like that. Um, but then also they always do a, I think it's five, always five. It seems like here's five AI apps that are new to the world. Um, and so a lot of those are productivity driven. So even just being able to click on those and check it out, watch the video and see what they do is super, super interesting to see where it could be going. Um, so I like that one a lot. It's quick. It's easy. Medium, which I feel like a lot of people don't know about that. Um, is a really good resource for analytics. That's another one, newsletter, uh, the blog website, people, anybody can basically contribute to it. There's different sections within that. So I kind of subscribe to the, um, 
tech or analytics area. And so just, I get an email and it lists, you know, three or four blog posts from that day or recently that have been upvoted or, or engaged with. And I go, yep, I care about that. I don't even understand what that means because it's so technical. I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> um, but that's a good way that I kind of stay in the loop. Um, a lot of times, especially with data, when I eat lunch, um, at my house in the kitchen is where we have our Alexa and I go, Hey Alexa, just play a data podcast. Like, I don't care what it is, just play anything. And so I'll just listen to that, um, and learn from it. And then you mentioned the auto analytics conference. So that's another one where you can get a lot of this information, especially compared to where your internal audit department is with AI and analytics. Um, as to the audit analytics, conf audit analytics conference we host in the fall. So those are the kind of like passive ways. And then once I have a topic from medium or from, from superhuman AI or something like that, and I go, I want to learn more about this. Yep. Uh, where do you think I go? Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not supposed to be answering the questions yeah, today, I Trent. I know. I'd say I got to be, the, I got to ask dumb questions. It just feels on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> So then I, yeah, I'll take that and go, okay, here's what this super smart person wrote about it. That is kind of hard to understand. And so I'll ask chat GPT to explain it to me like I'm five and then just sit there and talk to it for a while to get an understanding of, of the concepts and, uh, even build out some, uh, some models. Uh, there's a guy side story I was talking to yesterday, uh, analytics guy and he used some super stat, you know, stat heavy term. And I went to, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And he's like, well, let me make sure I got it right. And he's like, it wasn't that, it was this. So I wrote it down. And last night at uh, like 8.30, like I just got the itch. And I was like, let me go dig into that a little bit. And so I started talking to chat. And I was like, hey, write that as a Python script. And then I went and pulled some data that I was familiar with. It wasn't client data. And I threw it in there. It didn't work. And I was like, all right, fix this and then fix this. And then got the results and I looked at the results and I went, I don't even, I have no idea what this even means. So I was like, it was, it was good to play around with it, but I don't think it's yeah. very applicable to internal audit and analytics. So taking it, you know, even that far to be able to just, especially with analytics, build out like a little model and play once with you it. see the results with your own data or data you're familiar with, it's a lot easier to understand the context and the results, you know, and then really understand the algorithm or the, the way the analytic was run. Um, with all that said, no, I ran this and I looked at the results and I was like, I think they just made this up. And <laughs> I, I was like, can you explain this to me? And it did. And then I went, no, not a good use case. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's one way. And then the other one is for, I know for myself also, I like to use a very structured way to learn sometimes. And so having Udemy, uh, U-D-E-M-Y for online courses is something again, so for chat GPT and prompt engineering, I mean, there were so many articles every day of do it this way, do it this way, tweak it this way. And I just wanted it all to be more organized. And so there was some, you know, Udemy course that was a day long that I took to better understand how to do that. So I passively take things in and then whatever kind of makes my brain tickle and makes it happy, I pull that out and then go try to find it in chat or in through Udemy or something like that. Awesome. A lot of really good sources. All right. So going to lighten it up a little bit as we start to wrap up. Um, so you've been on the side, that side of the table now and not talking auditor and an audit client, but guest and host. Um, I would love to know your um, 
your thoughts on the best and most challenging things about hosting a podcast? I think the best thing is learning from other people and really being able to pretty candidly ask them questions. There's a level of trust between, you know, host and guest. Um, and typically we do a pre-interview and so that's not recorded nobody sees that. Um, and so we can get pretty, you know, like, can you tell me exactly this, you know, and how you feel about this is super interesting to me. And then be able to pick people's brains, um, you know, an expert like yourself and agile audit or mm -hmm. auditing with agility rather. You got it. You got um, it. <laughs> and being able to, I mean, I had an hour of your time and I got to just ask you any question basically that I wanted to, um, that was appropriate anyway. And so I love being able to do that and learn from other people. If anybody's ever taken, um, strength finders, mm -hmm. I've done it. Let's say I did it right out of school and then I did it like. 10, 15 years later, Learner, which I think they changed the name of it to something else in the new one, but that was always in my top three or top two. Okay. So I just like to learn stuff. So that's, to me, that's really important, especially, you know, ESG is a thing. That's not, I don't care that much about it. Uh, again, it just doesn't like tickle my brain. So I don't want to read a bunch. Let me just go get the ESG expert, learn the, you know, the, the big top three, four things we need to know about it and then be okay with that. So I love that part of it. Um, the challenge is the weekly publication date that we uh, aggressively set for ourselves. So we, again, you, you said it, thanks for pulling that stat together. 50 episodes last year, the first two years, we're going into year four now. The first two years we That's didn't awesome. have we didn't have By a repeat the way, congratulations. Guest. That is a that is a really awesome achievement. Thank you. Um we didn't have a repeat guest for the first two years. And I wanted variety every time. You know, I wanted to hear from someone different uh every week and I felt like the audience would too. Last year was the first year we had repeat guests. And that's only because we did this series on um the Beacon Award winners, so the thought leaders in audit. Yep. I thought I looked at them and looked at the list and I went, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like we had each one of those people on and I looked at it and I was like, well, we've already had like six or eight of these on here, but whatever, we'll break the rule. We'll have them back on. So, um, and going into 2024, actually we've had two people that were previous guests say, can we come back on? Cause I want to talk about this. And I went, that's, those topics are too good yeah, to not bring up again. And I, the audience needs to hear that. So they are coming back. So we're kind of breaking the rule this year. But the overall challenge of getting a unique guest basically every week, the um, publication dates, making sure that we hit that Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. publication date, um, it takes a lot. But it is the, the learning piece of it that I get from it makes it worth it. Plus, I get to meet people like you and... To me, like I, aside, I love going to conferences and running into somebody and be like, I've never seen you in person. Like it just, yep. I hate elevator rides with people or I used to, <laughs> but now I get on the elevator. I'm like, Clarissa, it's you. Like I see you in person. I'm going to talk to you on this elevator ride where normally I just stare yep. at my phone and ignore people. So, um, I very, very much like that part of it. So it does make it worth it. Yeah. And from a listener perspective, uh, I appreciate, I, I can't speak for all the listeners. I can only speak for myself, but I really appreciate the variety of content. Um, when you have had repeat guests, it's been to your point, very informative, very, um, 
timely information and things that we needed to know. And I also love how you've got that great mix of here's what we need to know. And then here's keeping it fun because what we do should be fun. Um, so I know I, I try to model a lot of your behaviors and I really look up to you as far as the um, podcast hosting and everything goes. Uh, you've been a, an awesome teacher and inspiration. So appreciate that. And I appreciate all the hard work that you do putting these episodes in every week. I know we don't do a weekly and we're doing seasons as opposed to, you know, a, a year long thing. And that's still, that is a, it's a lot. So yeah. there's a lot that goes into people only see the final piece of it. Um, and there's a ton that goes into that. So, uh, it's, it's impressive the schedule that you've got going for that. I remember listening to podcasts, especially the bigger ones that you know, Tim Ferriss or the daily or whatever and going, man, what a sweet gig. You just get up there, you put a mic in front of your face, you ask questions and you call it a day. I was like, they work what an hour a week. <laughs> it's not really that is That's it. not it at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> or maybe they do, but they've got the teams yeah. that do all the other things. Yeah. Somebody comes up with the content and somebody, somebody else sticks the microphone in front of their face. But, um, maybe the audit podcast will be that one day. Yeah. Maybe in your five, six. I yeah, think that, we'll that maybe. All right. I'm here for it. <laughs> well, I really want to thank you for the opportunity to interview you. This is a, a, you know, a special treat for me um, to be back at the audit podcast in a totally different role and to get to pick your brain and have you share with everyone your thoughts and, and ideas. Um, I want to thank the listeners as well for joining us today. I know you're probably hoping that Trout would be your host. Um, you got me today, but you got one of the best guests that you could possibly ever get. So thanks everyone for joining us. Trent, I'm going to leave it with you. What final words do you want to leave our listeners with? So for those that don't know, uh, which is nobody because we just paused it, a little behind the scenes of what just happened. That's how we close the show or how I close the show every week. I tell the guests like, hey, what do you want to leave the audience with? Your, your closing remarks. Very rarely do I remember to tell them that in advance. And so usually after they, I've asked the last question, I have to pause the recording, give them a heads up, like, hey, you get to close the show. I don't know if you have anything prepped or not, but you know, it's kind of up to you. So make sure it's good. And um, <laughs> now I'm realizing what that feels like and it's, uh, it's not the greatest, so I'm coming back. So I guess if I closed it, uh, especially considering the context, um, analytics, especially if you're using chat GPT to learn from it is significantly easier. I think than a lot of folks might have thought historically. And so a lot of times we tell people an hour a week, pick a project, pick a data set you're familiar with, just go Google around chat GPT around and figure out how to do something with it. You should be able to understand the results based on your understanding of that data. Um, and an hour a week makes a huge, huge difference. And so if I could pass something along, it'd be that as well as for the folks that have stuck around, um, for the past three years, uh, and have tuned in, it means more than you probably realize, especially occasionally we got one this week where someone said, Hey, I came from this part of the business. Now I'm an internal audit and I'm learning from the audit podcast about how this job works and what I should do. And, or I'm an aspiring CAE. <clears throat> so I've been listening to all the CAE episodes and that's been really helpful for me. The, the, uh, one person in particular who said she applied for a job and she had the podcast, I think on her resume or they Googled her and saw it. And she was like, that's all they wanted to talk about. And that was a big, Aww. a 
difference maker uh, made her stand out the fact that she was on it and they went if you're willing to go into an audit podcast you probably are pretty legit and enjoyed doing this and so um it kind of helped her get the job so uh, for all those little messages, I just want to say thank you. It does mean I'm not good at uh, this kind of thing. So I just want to say thank you all very much for those messages. It's what keeps the podcast going. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.